welcome to episode 13 of Everyone is Everything. Today, uh, I talked to Lady Moo, who is a ceremonial pop artist, spiritual mentor, healer, and muse. Um, This one I really, really liked. Um, Every once in a while, I'll talk to someone. I mean, I liked all of them. I'm saying that in case one of those other people listening, they're like, he didn't say this on mine. But anyway, every once in a while I'll talk to someone and I feel very much like I could be their friend and uh, that makes it feel very special to me. And this one was one of those um, just very inspiring and cool artist and just human. I'm also just a big fan of the music she's recently released and which we kind of go into a lot of depth about, so I won't go into much here, but I definitely highly, highly recommend it. So enjoy Lady Moo. We're good to go. That was the quickest setup I've had in a long time. I know I just mentioned that, but that's such a good sign. Um, Very nice. Easeful, easy does it. That will be the theme of this talk. Easy does right. it. Right, right. Well, and it's interesting too, because of all, you know, I, I've only done 11 of these so far. So, um, so I'm still early, but I probably know less about you than anyone else I've talked to. Yay. So, so I kind of like have some general things, but aside from that, um, we're just going to wing it, I think. And, uh, also you're probably the quickest person I reached out to because I heard the song home Mm -hmm. and then was like immediately reached out. I think I saw someone shared it. Maybe the guy from gone, gone beyond. (laughs) Oh, Danny. Yeah. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, he's yeah. one of my favorite friends. Um, right. Who actually was a beautiful ear on this whole uh, record for me. He was is one of my dear musical mentors and dear friends. So right, that's that's um, awesome. Yeah, and I I heard it, and then uh, like I think I almost immediately reached out because um, I was oh, like, this okay. is just right for sure. So I kind of what's that? I said, fantastic. And right. this is, so you've done 11 of these. I've done zero. This is my first one. I just th- threw it out to the universe. I was like, I think I'm ready to start talking. Like I, I yeah. haven't, I've always been a performer. I've always like very, you know, put the things together, how I want to share them with people. Mm-hmm. And I've been really being nudged by spirit, the inner voice, whatever one wants to call mm-hmm. it, that, uh, it's time to begin speaking and telling the story and just sharing uh, on a collective level, because I right. think there's many of us that are not having normative human experiences as we have learned them. And mm. um, there can be a lot of fear in really coming out and speaking to that. And so I know for myself and many others, I've been in major hiding, major veiling, major. Um, so today is the first day that I'm, it all aligned and I just said I'm I'm open to the invitation and you right. were the first to reach out to that to that uh prayer to the universe and here we are so, that's yeah. that's so good too and I'm I'm a little uh excited about that too because I think most of the people I've had have been on other shows and I'm just I'm like all right cool this is the first so that's exciting for me too 
Um, and you know, and you mentioned, um, kind of your journey almost to the point now where you want to talk, but obviously you had to get to the point where you were even able to kind of listen closely enough to capture these feelings and put them into art at all. So Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if you could kind of just give us a little background on like your journey just into your own uh, creative space or listening to whatever it is that wants to come through you. Absolutely. Um, hold on one sec. Let me get this. It's on the full screen. We're not, we're going to be on a small screen. <laughs> okay. I'm not the fastest at figuring, listening to the technological. Oh, right. Um, Things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, wow. The journey of getting to listening to that inner voice really closely, um, which is obviously a big one and many years in the making. But I would say um, it kind of brings me to, you know, how I would actually describe myself, which has been a big question for me. Like, I've done a lot of things. I'm you know, I've been a performer in a lot of different um, settings. So I've been an actress, I've been a songwriter, I've been in the circus was where I started and all these different performance things. And then I, you know, my life took this whole other spiritual opening after I had my first experience with Source, with my own God self. And that took me on a different path into the exploration of sound on a whole different level and healing and becoming a healer and um, a ceremonialist and traveling the world and following my own hearts, knowing of how I'm here to serve, which was a very big, took a lot of listening because it was not at any way what I, my mind thought I was here to do. And so, um, much of my life was my was knowing I had this passion for performing, but not knowing really how my soul wanted to express within that. Um, and so I went about it in a really traditional way at first. <clears throat> like I got to go to acting school. I got to go to Hollywood. I got to audition three times a day and receive mm-hmm. more rejection, enough rejection for thousands of lifetimes, and go about it in this. Um, way which we all are going about in our own kind of way of how we're being told we need to follow our heart and so we might kind of have some idea or some inkling of like I'm into this or I'm you know I love doing this thing but then we try to fit it in the boxes of what society tells us we're supposed to do with that Mm. gift or that talent and so there was a journey of losing myself to find myself, of course, as we, as we all need to. So I, um, I went on a journey of forgetting mm. and then I went on a journey of remembering and where that has led me is to the essence that I am a muse. And that what actually connected all of these things, and none of them were wrong, it was just whether I was trying to fit myself in this shoe or not, what like connected everything was that my gift is to become empty, is to become a vessel for whatever wants to move through me. And that was always 
I couldn't have described it as it, but ever since I was a little kid and the first time I performed, that was what happened. It was like, I got out of the way and it was the most ecstatic thing ever to open myself up to such a bigger energy that was so much, so transcended my, my personal experience. Um, so I guess the love of that and following right. the love of that is really what led me to learning to listen and more than anything, learning to move out of the way so that I can be, be an instrument, right? be an instrument for something else to play. And so um, it's that art that also leads me to forget back to what you're asking, but like that uh -huh. art is what also leads me to listening and trusting that knowing like mm. it's been a path of also trusting that I know and my, it's because my body knows right all of our bodies knows like this mm. is the feminine way this is what we have forgotten <clears throat> is this other intelligence which is rather than God outside of oneself God within oneself that there is this all-knowing spark within us that we can listen to right yeah and there is i mean you said so much there that is so good um but what i really like um is the emptying of yourself when when we say self we don't mean your capital s self but your personality traits and characteristics and all the things that you swore were you that mm -hmm. are first of all very fun to play in. Don't give up your yeah. <laughs> interests or anything. But what I've found in in um, art made from the place that you're speaking is it creates this uh, very clear mirror for me to see stuff that's in me, right? So mm -hmm. like there's there's clear truth that when you're doing it from a a place as you know as cleanly as you can. Obviously, we're not. We're not all crystal clear. That's for sure. There's, there's plenty bubbling under the surface, but, um, you know, I, I can hear that in your music and that's what, and I've only heard two songs. So that's like, <laughs> what's shocking about it. Um, but, and, and you know, I, there's so many things that you said, but I wonder if you could, when it comes to listening and it comes mm -hmm. to emptying of maybe the stuff that's of no longer use to you. Like maybe mm -hmm. we'll put it that way. Cause I don't want to scare anyone away where I'm like, you to let go of yourself. You know, that's kind of a hard thing mm -hmm. to say while you're in it. You know what I'm saying? That, so I feel like, is there any practices that really helped you kind of continue to empty and become more clear? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, sound. Mm. <laughs> that's so just, really how... I found myself here um, because I was always a songwriter, but then I had um, an early experience through sound where I, I experienced sound as God, as everything everything mm, right. <laughs> everyone is everything right, right, and, right and so right. got into that field of vibration and so 
for me, the quickest path, and I went on this journey of following that thread through all kinds of cultures and really finding as a unifying, the unifying thing that brought together all of these belief systems is every mm. single one of them acknowledges sound in some way. And so I am of the thought that sound vibration is the first thing of creation it's the right. and it, and therefore it is the very thing that can guide us all the way back home which right. nothing else can entirely do except for vibration um as a byproduct of it being the first thing that we have to follow that back and so especially so as far as practices go and what i started innately self-remembering was all these practices of toning and humming with myself um that actually led to this first initial remembering and awakening experience was i was going through a really deep grief process and my body just kind of took over and started directing me on what to do and a lot of that had to do with sound and using my own voice to heal my trauma, to heal my nervous system, to heal all those things that get in, that begin obstructing our divine innocence or our, our essence that was there right at the beginning. It's like we were born totally open. We are a complete open vessel and muse from the creator from the moment we're born. And then life happens mm -hmm. <laughs> and all of the conditioning and all of the traumas in whatever ways that that happened for everybody in their individual path and nobody is without that so that's what begins to make the ego construct of what we are which as you very aptly said is not in a negative thing it's not something we want to get rid of this is a big misconception i think in spiritual um <clears throat> a lot of spiritual traditions is like the ego is not a negative but it's something that we can direct and it got created unconsciously by our environment but as adults we have the opportunity to rewire ourselves and then build a construct an ego construct that serves us rather than was you know pushed upon us um and part of that process is first emptying and that means like emptying through the trauma in our systems and from everything that i've learned from everything that i've researched from everything that i've experienced with people that i've worked with one of the fastest ways there is through your vagus nerve mm -hmm. and the best way to um regulate the vagus nerve is humming hmm. very very simple humming it creates the most internal vibration. Um, and it's something that we naturally do to children. You have, uh, did I see you have some daughters, right? I, nieces, actually. Nieces. Oh, okay. So, but yeah. you've been around some kids, but if they're right. little, if you've been around a young child, mm -hmm. whether you're a parent or not, mm -hmm. you know to hum to the children when they're mm -hmm. going through a stressful time, you know that's like a natural impulse of us to help regulate their nervous system. And yet we don't tend to do that for ourselves. And so that's one of the first practices I always mm. give to people. And it's <clears throat> people that really do it have incredibly powerful results of moving trauma that they've been trying to heal for lifetimes in talk therapy. And yet if you get right to the source of where it lives and use your own voice, which is actually the most powerful healing tool that you have available to you. It's your soul imprint in vibration 
captured it's everything you know and so you can use that medicine to help to empty empty out those traumas and empty out those stories and um, the more i've done that the more and more empty mm -hmm. i have become to receive right. other things you know and what i like there, there's like a really basic but overlooked concept which you just mentioned um which is the thing that you would inherently do for a child who is feeling big emotions, whether it's fear or whatever the thing is, the things that you would naturally do, pick them up and hold them, hum, mm -hmm. all the things like that, we don't do to ourselves at all. But we're still feeling those same big emotions we felt when we were yeah. three years old. And just because we're a few decades later, we still feel these feelings, but then we act like we should just think them away. Like mm -hmm. we can rationalize them away yeah. as opposed to like you just said, and I've never, you know, I've never uh, tried anything with, with my own sounds and humming. I mean, I've, I've mm -hmm. used like chanting, chanting, and like, I've learned a little mm -hmm. bit of Kirtan, which was, I've noticed helped you know, deep in my meditations and whatnot. And now that I'm hearing you, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Why after a little bit of chanting, all of a sudden I sink a little bit deeper mm -hmm. into just that, that stillness that, you know, you try to hit with, try to hit with meditation. Um, so it's, it's a really good reminder. I think that, you know, that thing that you would do to comfort a child, like you can still do I don't care if it's just swaddling yourself in your blankets for a minute or, or like you said, humming. I just think that's such a good thing that, that self-parenting is not only like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this, but it's also the comforting aspect of. And of I think that. that we need more of that comforting aspect more than anything um, because um what we have lost culturally is this you know and much of my art to get around to that is inspired from the lost wisdoms of the goddess of the feminine aspect or face of creator um and that is all of these kinds of medicines and so i think they're where we're the most depleted mm -hmm like nourishing the nervous system, nurturing, caring, patience, compassion. Um, and that journey of reconnecting with the mother source, it begins with us. It right. really begins with self-mothering, mm. giving and honoring yourself the way that a mother would. And that was one of the most beautiful initiations I received from divine mother presence was to be guided because I had been in my life. It was easy for me to be very devotional and revere that which was outside of me. And I had been traveling around in this path of seeking and I was in such a space of devotion and in this one really beautiful cosmic moment many things lined up for it to unfold and happen but I had this beautiful initiation with the mother in which she said now the way that you I mean these things don't come in words they're mm, feeling sensation yeah. knowings but in essence the transmission was the way that you have revered me um the way that you revere 
this tree i had been praying to this tree and the way that you have revered these things now turn within and revere yourself mm. as you have loved these things and this in one instant i i bowed to my own heart and it was the most beautiful one of the most beautiful experiences of my life where i got to witness the god spark within myself that mm -hmm. is the god spark within everything right and you can only really know how it is everything when you have found it within yourself when you have bowed to that divinity that mm -hmm you are and this is what i believe the feminine principle wants for us is to really witness our own beauty our own hearts our own divinity and um and love that and revere that and for me there just so much healing has come out of loving myself as a your divine mother would love me right and um so i invite <laughs> i invite all beings on that journey and like that question you know that questioning and that inquiry of how would and we don't always get the mother that does that for us either and mm -hmm. oftentimes not and um so but we can do that for ourselves right, right. in our adult life right and it's there's there's so much there and and as much as i mean i love i'm i'm very uh drawn to the mother aspect um i found myself very much drawn to the kali symbol as one that's like, like a consistent theme in my uh current and recent experience um but also there's practical elements here like even when you were just and i it's not even as fun to talk about the practical side. <laughs> like it's like I, I think practical is super fun like, because but like, it's here. I, we're here. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, then I won't. I won't. I won't hold back on it. But as you were talking about, you know, praying to the tree and then getting the, the the message of the reverence that you have for the, for the mother and the 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 and nature towards yourself and seeing it internally, there's a practical element there. Like, and that goes back to what I said before about what you do for a kid. But a lot of times we do things for other people that we don't do for ourselves, you know, and it's so simple. I, I remember, and this is, this doesn't sound as uh, heart opening and, uh, and amazing as, as the stories you just told, but I, I remember one time I realized that because I had gone through a breakup and I remember with this person, I would, uh, you know, if I stayed at her house, I would make sure that, you know, if she went to work, I would get everything clean, make her bed really nice and do it. So when she came home, she'd come home to like a clean space. Right. And then I, after the relationship, I was like, wait, I could do that for me. Like, because I, <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, like I can do that for, you know, me who comes home late. I can create thing, you know, so that, that thing that we, we always so easily, the devotion, the reverence, the, the practices that we might do for someone else, I'm going to put them first. I'm going to do this. I mean, you can also do for yourself and i know that there's this might not land with everybody but there are people who are you know not doing not not turning it inward and these little practical ways mm -hmm. you know may lead to a bigger understanding which is what you've seen and uh, again with what you were saying too it's like you don't have to have this huge um transmission right away you might just notice an ember of divinity in you 
you might have noticed like this little, like you can start like Ramdas, I think said, why we can wave the embers, you know, and, and then the fire mm -hmm. can start because it's not always, it might just be a little bit of curiosity. I'll be like, oh, you know what? I do kind mm -hmm. of feel something and then just keep at that, um, which reminds me like what you said when, uh, when we're born, mm -hmm. this was a thing that really, really got my uh, curiosity about who I was really um going is I, rem I, I remember thinking about like when I was born before I knew I was Sean before I knew I was in the middle of America before I knew all that stuff I was something mm -hmm. and that thing is still there like that little bit of essence that little bit of like existing is still there behind all these stories and all these experiences mm -hmm. and all this stuff and it's like it's like the 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 screen that the movie is projected on has always been the same right mm -hmm. You know, like the, the screen is there. It's just this white, perfectly clean screen. And mm -hmm. then we're just shining stuff on it all the time. But that screen is still the screen. And, you know, you can. Beautiful metaphor. Like, yeah, oh, I, I got it somewhere. I probably, it's not mine. <laughs> Don't, I'm not, I won't claim it, but it's uh, so good. And it's, it just reminds me like of all the things you're saying. And and I, I just like mm -hmm. to, th those little thoughts that, you know, can make us think, you know, oh, maybe I'm not beholden to all the things that all the stories that I've told about myself and all the experiences I've had. Um, and there are ways to kind of heal is pretty just knowing that, you know, is is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, but and I do I just had to ramble about all the stuff you said, but I, uh, I yeah, I, I love the idea and also like we're always we are in control of writing new stories not in that we change the aspects of our life this can be very misunderstood um because what is is you know and mm -hmm. but how we write what is in our story how we interpret that is totally a matter of the lens that we take is what I've noticed because in times in my life where I had very different lenses this you know if something happened to me I was writing it as this in my life or this terrible thing now I have a very different lens now when something comes my way that could very much be the same thing that could have come to me before now I'm seeing it as part of a bigger story and I write them into these mythologies and I really um because I'm a storyteller, maybe I have this love of creating the most epic story of my life in my head. It's like, if I'm going to be here and do this, I'm going to make it some crazy mythological story that goes right. way back and way into. And I don't attach to it so much as that it's all literal because I think we're weavers and we're creators in this way. And so, uh, I always invite people to, to loosen up with this idea of the life that we're leading and, and know that in any moment you can you can try on different lenses and play a little bit with those same experiences, but build them into something different. You know, it's like it's the same Lego blocks. We all got this. We all got this stuff that life hands right. us. It's like it's not always so fun, but what are you going to build out of it? What is it doing for you? What is it? Um, you know, because nothing is for nothing. <laughs> right. It's all impacting you in some way. And um, 
negative impacts are one of the best ways that we learn and grow. Um, So to me, I, I start to put it together and build these bigger arcs and myths of, oh, and then when something happens, I'm like, oh, well, that's connecting into this story of what I'm healing from over here. And I begin to become the storyteller. And I think that this is a very, um, very good practice in in, in general. Uh, I carry a shamanic lineage, uh, which is a, a, um, a new shamanic lineage called the Pachacuti Mesa lineage uh, that's rooted in Peruvian wisdom, but it was intended by those lineage keepers to be brought to the West at this time because these roots are very old, how to live and engage with the earth in ways of reciprocity in which there's a communication and a give and a take um, is something that's very old to all of our cultures actually, but we've mostly lost that, especially in European lineages. So there's some cultures that have retained some of that wisdom of how, um, how to be communicating. How's I say? I got I got down a loophole, but yeah, um, in essence, I guess the Pachacuti wanted to pop pop out in some way. Right, so, right, right. Uh, but these, I guess, to tie it tie it back into mythology is. Uh, I'm always interacting with life in a ceremonial way, and thus it it allows me to build these bigger mythologies and zoom out. Oh, that's where it was. Is so in in. Um, Shamanic wisdom is that one of the first things you ask if somebody comes to you is when is the last time you told your story? Somebody is out of health, if they're experiencing difficulty in their life, this question, when is the last time you told your story? And to me, why that's there and why that's such an important question is because the more we tell our story, the more we become the storyteller rather than the character within it. And so when we begin to tell our life stories, and this is an inspiration of me saying, hey, to the universe, I'm ready to speak more. I'm ready to tell more. I'm ready to share more. Um, Because it heals us and it heals others. Because our stories are all the same story, Mm -hmm. actually, which is beautiful. Because there's an infinite spectrum rainbow of that story but it's one human story. And so. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's absolutely true. And that idea about um, creating your own personal mythology. And then, you know, I think culturally in Western culture, at least um, that I've experienced, you know, if it, you can't logically explain it, then it's not of value you know, and so sometimes even, you know, I'll, I'll go through periods where there's just insane synchronicities that are leading me to certain things that are just like absolutely wild that seem like pure magic, like where it just doesn't make sense. And I'm so excited <laughs> about them and I'm so excited to share them. And then I start thinking, oh, well, you're just being, you're just, you know, that's silly. And, you know, your friends are going to mock you for it. And then I'll think, you know what, like, I'm only here for a limited time. Like if I can live in like the magic place or I can live in the logical, like I get to pick. Well, if I get to pick, I may as well just live in the magical place. <laughs> like, exactly. it's, like it's yeah. so much more fun. Like I may as well. Now I don't get me wrong there. I still swing the other way because there's a lot of conditioning that I have to, you know, I, I have to unravel still that tells me, you know, 
well, you shouldn't think like this or you shouldn't, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I actually had a conversation once with uh, uh, Swami in California at a Kali temple. And I told him I was excited about these synchronicities and these things. And I said, I know I'm, you know, and I had read some Buddhist stuff too, mm -hmm. um, that had kind of, you know, it said, you know, these are these exciting, like, synchronicities are just another thing to let go of, you know, and I didn't feel really right about that. I was just like, but I'm so excited about them. And I told him and then I kind of downplayed them. And I said, well, you know what, I'm I know I'm romanticizing this, you know, I know I'm over romanticizing these stories. And he's like, yeah, as you should, it's a romance, you're having a romance yeah. with like the divine with whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. He's like, yeah, it's romantic. Of course, you should do that. And it just, it, re it made me realize that again, I had that choice of like, um, just, I could go down the path where I'm like, it's just another thing to let go of. And I do see the value in that. Don't get me wrong. I see the value of softer attachment, not no attachment, but like a softer attachment. Mm -hmm. Um, I get that. But at the same time, if the world feels magic for a second, that's awesome. <laughs> like just feel yeah. that. And like, I don't have to downplay it. And that's kind of the, what you were saying just reminded me of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so much of what you said is, is I, I love so much. And I, um, I'm a big believer in magic, mm. a big believer in the same thing that you said of if, if I can choose a life of magic or not, why not go with the magic? why not perceive this reality as magical and um there is a romanticism in it and it's everything it's also your creation it's your art it's you know um you know there even as an artist like i don't see my art as my art i am my art <laughs> what i am creating and building and and um remembering is my is my art and then everything that comes through that or from that is like the fruit of that tree of that um of that flowering and so i think it's beautiful to have a, why wouldn't we want to have a romance in life we're here right. and i believe we want to be here i believe we're here right. because we want to be here and i'm somebody who's gone through all of the heartbreak and all of the longing and all of that feeling of I don't want to be here I want to go home which is where this song that you found me uh is very much you know and that song came from a moment when I was so lost I was in the depths of being disconnected from my soul essence and um I just felt done I felt like I you know it's just at one of those moments which are the most potent for transformation right it's like when you have just hit your rock bottom and it feels like where even is my spark then moments of grace come in if you just if if you want to if you're if it's your heart's call to change and to move out of that it's like the prayer will be answered in some way and for me that came from this star <laughs> of all places there was this star i was having this night of feeling so um distraught and i actually was going through a whole death and rebirth i was letting go of who i had been as an actress my name had been red wheeler 
and I, I went into the night and I said, um, and I was having a ceremony with my friends, um, a plant medicine ceremony with, uh, and so they had asked like, what's the theme of the night? And I said, I want to, I want Red Wheeler. I'm letting Red Wheeler go. And in that night it involved, you know, in my ceremony, it was just a lot of shedding and a lot of grieving and a lot of that loss. And then there was this intelligent that I just looked up to the stars and there was this transmission or this intelligence that was there that let me know I was always home that where I come from, I will always return to, it was the, you know, just this feeling that I got given in this moment of grace of, oh, I'm here and I want to be here. And I'm also always home and I will be going home. And there is no separation between the future and now and the past and now and everything. So in that sense, we are always there. And um, and then that same star later transmitted to me that song. Um, as my friend asked me, well, if Red Wheeler is going, then who's being born? And I looked up and that star just said Lady Moo. And I had no idea where that was leading me. <laughs> mm. Lady Moo. And then this song the chorus of home came through I just started singing it to them and um and there's something in that melody that always and I've gotten to witness it over and over again and for many years I just sing it in ceremonies I just sing it in these very sacred places um and for myself and for the earth you know and um but every time I shared it it had that transmission for people it had that it had this capacity to bring people back to that place within them that is eternally home that is held um in the womb of the mother is one in, you know in the arms of the mother which is the void from which we all emerge from and so um it's truly that song that got me out of my insecurity and into I'm going to make my art because it took a big leap and it right. took a big jump for me to come into this stuff because I had so much trauma around rejection and not being good enough and perfectionism and hyper uh, and I just thought I don't know if I'll ever get to the other side of this it just feels so overwhelming um, but at a certain point I saw the impact that the songs had and I knew I had a responsibility. It was mm -hmm. like, it's not mine, it's not me. And this is the way that ego can very much show up for those of us that ego either comes in that overly confident kind of form, but it also is for many of us like healers and lightworkers and out there, it's like, we've got this insecurity ego that is equally destructive, that is equally not serving us to be like, oh, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I can't share myself and it was like you know and I just kept being shown by you know thank goodness I have you know these beautiful guides that continue to kind of get me back on my path but it's it had to really be shown that it was selfish for me to not step in and share that so that more people can like yourself mm -hmm. can receive it and um, right. and have that that feeling of home right well, it's it, what what's really interesting to me, um, 
and like you said, um, as different people receive this, um, and like I said near the beginning, that you know, through clearer mirrors, we can reflect these truths that are inside of us. And what's really interesting to me, and I'm just gonna share another little story, is I used whenever I would get like really low, like really just depressed, and I couldn't even articulate like I would get to a point I remember many times driving and just getting to a point whether whatever triggered the trauma is irrelevant but I would get to a point where I would be so upset I couldn't even think about the details of the issues anymore but what would literally come out of my mouth was I just want to go home I just want to go home I just want to go home and I would just repeat it over and over and I knew that wasn't my house I knew that it wasn't like, mm-hmm. it wasn't a place that it wasn't anything. I was just like, I just want to go home. And like, it was such a, like you said, like those moments are very potent for, mm-hmm. for accessing some level of truth in yourself mm-hmm. and, and maybe making some transformation. Um, and so I would say that. And what's so interesting to me about just how the world works is that, I mean, I, I know you, uh, what, 40 minutes better than I did before. <laughs> But essentially, like, we don't know each other. We're in different parts of the world. And as you were working through your stuff um, and finding a way to that star to tell you all this stuff so you could find this melody, I, you know, was driving around somewhere saying, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And like, it's just the fact that these these things come up and then we find our way to to, you know, to this song even you know and i sat and watched the video i told you this with my mom and we both just like wept (laughs) like it's just such a which is not a thing that like i do i mean i was teary i was trying to hold back because i you know i'm just still you know i'm not that comfortable and i was like i don't know but then i knew in my head i was like this is a moment this is a thing like and this is because there's beautiful with your mother like this is why i create you know this is yeah yeah Right. It's and, one and, of those. And I'm, I'm, you know, happy. Right. It's like, that's right. And it's, it's one of those things, but it's like the, it's the, the truth that you found in yourself. And like we say, like, as you say, the star, you know, intelligence, whatever, someone might hear that. And, and again, say, you know, well, that's, that feels weird. It's like, well, don't forget what we said earlier, that it is just kind of igniting this thing that's in you. Like it's Mm -hmm. the same thing that's in you. So all it did was kind of wipe this clean. So you could see the thing that was in you already. So just, it's, it's so good. And I I do want, because I know, I feel like we could just go on forever and you know, that's, that's fine. But I I will say that I do want to kind of get into the video a little bit. I typically, I typically uh, would say, you know, I let these things kind of go where they want, but I feel like it would be, it would be a, a travesty if we didn't talk a little bit about the video and the, <laughs> the sim and this because I I'm I'm more of an audio like I'm not I don't watch a lot of music videos anymore I you mm-hmm. know I did in 1992 on MTV and watching you know winger videos but now I, I don't as much and I remember I hadn't watched the video and that's when I put it on at my mom's for the first time I was like oh let's watch this you know this interview's coming up I'll check out the video but the song is what is matters the song is what got me the video will be fine. You'll be singing and whatever. And then the video, oh my God, the video floored me. Like 
I just watched it before we talked and I teared up again. <laughs> like it's not, it's not possible. So I'd like just maybe talk a little bit about the video for whatever, whatever comes to you in yeah. terms of talking about anything regarding it. Absolutely. Um, thank you. Thank you for steering us to the art and the reason that we're here. Because uh, <laughs> I can go into some cosmic realms eternally. There's so right, much. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So, well, what's interesting is when these came through, and I have many songs, um, but this came through, and what I'll share with our audience because they don't really know where we're coming into, but mm -hmm. this is a three song and three video series called She. And so when I was ready to step into my art, it wasn't, it was because a very clear project came through in my mind that, that I was being asked to bring into the world. And so it was these three songs that I had carried for some years that I understood as channeling. So they're, you know, I also write songs, but there's a difference when I write a song and I know I'm kind of writing it from my mind. And when I open and something comes through all in one shot that I don't, I can't really claim ownership in that way, except doing the work to get out of the way, which is what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had these three songs and I knew that they represented the energies of the three archetypes of the divine feminine. So this feminine principle. And so it was the maiden, the mother and the wise woman. And as that became clear i knew right away that these were not just songs um that these were going to be stories and that they were going to be visually represented um and for me this was also on a personal level because we all i think it's important to always make art for both the personal because that serves the transpersonal in a way mm. um this was a project that was merging all of my art forms so as i mentioned a little bit before is like i um i began in the circus i then want i was very into musical theater mm. for much of my life and that was my first dream until i didn't get into the musical theater um school at nyu so i ended up going to a straight acting studio at nyu and um, studied, began studying acting very seriously, and then took onto a path and moved to Hollywood and was more in film and TV, then went off, you know, had my awakening, went off in a completely different direction, aka to bring us back to the same place mm -hmm. through exploring sound, you know, sound healing and becoming a healer and a ceremonialist. And so this project is the culmination of all of those things in one it's it's really me approaching the creation as a healer and as a ceremonialist as a ritualist and so every part of these videos has a lot of intention in it and has a lot of ceremony involved in it so in the whole process of making there was prayers being sent out you know to call in the right dancers to embody these archetypes so all um and i live my life in a very magical way as you do and so there was infinite synchronicities of how each person and each thing lined up to bring together these stories and these transmissions and i had my ideas in my head but things unfolded in their own unique way and so one story i will tell because it has to do with this story initially um 
is so this this video that we're talking about is um exploring the divine mother archetype and it's a song called home we talked about where that came from and so as i was sending these videos in the stories there was an initiation that wanted to be told with each story so the initiation of the mother as it came to me was the initiation of the wounded inner child and so I knew I wanted this piece, this dance piece, to be between a mother, uh, a mother and child. And so um, that was what I knew going into it. And I had a general idea. I had an idea of the story of them kind of, you know, the child being upset and then them kind of breaking apart and being able to come back together. Then in the filming of it, in the actual filming of it, there was magic that happened, you know, <laughs> unexpected things. And so the way that I had as, as a director thought of it, it was that I thought, you know, they'll kind of go through this whole break. They'll have a separation. The mother will go through her own process of re-embodying herself. And then she will come and approach the child um, and invite the child back in together. So we had filmed this entirely, that form of the story. And, <clears throat> and we had wrapped the little girl because we had this amazing little girl, three and a half year old Ayana, little superstar. Um, it was the best day of her life. She loved it. That was, it was my first day of directing. So this was mm -hmm. like, and directing a kid is normally a very challenging thing, but this was amazing. She was like mm -hmm. a little rock star. She knew yeah. she wanted, she wanted to know her, you know, all of her, places and how and she was just rehearsing it I, i'd never asked her to do anything she was just like non-stop rehearsing it wow. i would tell her something and she'd be like okay and so universe just always brings the perfect you know the perfect people the perfect you know uh the perfect thing so she had done her job we had cut her we were like okay ayana amazing job we'll cut you and she was off running around and playing and we were filming the mother ashtara um in her dance sequence and in her embodiment sequence and through the song she and she you know um ashtar is just beautiful muse herself i you know beautiful priestess and uh very uh gifted in the art of embodiment and opening and being a channel through the form for that transmission so she was really allowing herself to have this initiation of the mother which was very deep and personal for her and she still speaks about it and um and in that we got to capture this beautiful initiation that she was moving through in her own body and in that journey she was brought to tears you know to true tears and was genuinely just going on that journey of the song and we captured it and while this was happening totally unbeknownst to us little ayana she comes all the way down through the land she's running out of the dock she takes off she had put on this like um this little cape that she was running around mm -hmm. in, but wasn't actually in the film she takes it off and gets back up on her place on the rock we're not saying anything and i literally and, and i'm with the cinematographer and i was like oh my gosh she's back there i said lucas go mm -hmm. you know capture capture she's back in the spot and then she comes down herself and comes up to Ashtara who's crying. And she was so concerned for Ashtara because she had been with her all day. Um, they're not actual mother and daughter, which you would never believe because they were <laughs> so, there's energy. And, um, but they had just met that day. And she comes up to Ashtara and she just gives her her hand. And 
I mean, we're all just like losing it. Like <laughs> watching it, we're just like, wow. Like to really witness, truly capture the magic of that transmission, which is like the child is healed. And like, I wouldn't have even thought of that in my brain of the child being the one to come up and 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 offer yeah. that reciprocity and that love back to the mother. So it was, yeah. Wow. And it, it feels like... <sighs> It almost feels, I, I don't want to just say validating, but it feels like the story you were trying to tell turned into, it, it almost feels like, oh yeah, everything that you're doing here, this is real. This is a real story. It's like you went there to shoot something that resembled the story that you heard, but then the universe is like, no, we're doing the real thing right now. The real story. Yeah. <laughs> like this is really going to happen. And this every... is really going to happen. <laughs> yeah, the like... initiation will occur right. for sure. Right. Like, and that it's is... not, that's where that listening comes in because if I'm mm. too stuck in this idea of how the story wants to be told, I'm going to miss the real story that's already wow. there, you know? So I'm so glad you told that story. That is so, so good. So yeah. good. I love that so much. I'm glad that you got to experience that too or that you were there for oh. it <laughs> like and that's it was just one of those moments where I also because I went into that day very nervous I had never directed before and like mm. I'm taking on so much I took on a lot in these videos that I had never done before um including editing them which I never thought in a million years I was going to edit these videos right um so you know I was in this moment of, of doubt as well and so it was this reaffirmation of the universe of like you don't need to worry all you need to do is surrender and to listen and do what you do best because everything is going to happen as it's meant to happen and I knew I was in the hands of the mother at that point that was my mm -hmm. first day of filming and I knew that we were supported I knew I was in the hands of the mother and I knew I that the magic you know and when we do commune with the universe in that way we're open to hear that we're open to receive that support that magic that is i believe readily available to us we just often don't choose to partake in it um and uh so it was a beautiful one it was very reaffirming for me on a personal level to to get to witness that and right and be like That's okay amazing. yeah i get it taught me like day one <laughs> like this is how you direct like learn right. like listen yeah right surrender. listen i mean that's just so such a good lesson um and so we're coming up in on the hour and in a in weird rare form i do have another interview in mm -hmm. 20 minutes or so but i have to finish with these last two questions because i ask everybody the same two questions Great. And one of them, I, I think I mentioned, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. First, um, I started this because I like to share stuff that hits me. And yes, mm -hmm. just like this music, I was like, okay, my goal today is one to just hear you and like get to talk to you. And but also just maybe, maybe 50 more people can hear the song or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But I that was the goal. And so my my question then is, um, if you could share something like a suggestion, it could be a book, it could be a practice, it could be a song, it could be something not even super deep. It can be like, oh yeah, you should try this new show, anything, because we mm -hmm. all like to share. Do, mm -hmm. Would you have a suggestion for people, like just anything at all? Mm. 
lately I've been really into the simplicity and the importance of gratitude because hmm. I'm a big believer in mindset and perspective and like we're saying you know and so I actually I've been doing one lately which is just a nine breath gratitude practice um because this is the shortest and easiest way to get our lens to see the world for the magic that it's providing I believe rather than the difficulty and both are always there um, so um, it's nine deep breaths into the belly and breathing all the way down into the base of the spine all the way into the belly um, to really ground yourself um, and invite your presence into the physical vessel and the first three breaths on the inhale, you just say, I am grateful. And then the first thing that pops into your mind on the exhale, you just state that. So not going into it with a pre idea of what you're grateful for, but just allow it to naturally arise. Um, and I've been breaking it into three sections. So three breaths is what I'm grateful for. Um, in my present environment, because that's the first thing that's easiest to just kind of tap onto of like, oh, I'm grateful for this comfy pillow beneath me. <laughs> I'm grateful. It's like just finding three things in your current environment, then finding three things um, that you are grateful for in your current life, you know, in your circumstances. And then three things finally that you're grateful for within yourself. And I mm. leave that one for last because it's kind of, you know, getting us you know, prepared to, cause that can be difficult for us to actually really honor ourselves and what we're grateful for within ourselves. Um, so that's a simple little practice. And, you know, to sum up what I feel like the themes of what wanted to come through today for whoever mm -hmm. we're seeing, cause you never really know what's going to come right. through. I think, um, it really feels like that that mothering thing was really center and we are talking about the mother piece and that's what brought me here so really taking with you as an inquiry how can i be a better mother to myself mm -hmm. and what are the qualities that the ultimate mother and it might not be our mothers um but how we would want to be loved and held, the level of compassion, the level of forgiveness, level of understanding that an ideal mother would provide us. How can we provide that for ourselves and remember, um, yeah, remember to be okay. our own divine mother. That's, that's absolutely perfect. I love that. Um, so to get to our last question, which is, I, 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 Oh, ask this to everybody and you'll see why and I think I mentioned it, but you'll see why I think it's such a uh, fun one to ask you is um, the story of Peter Pan has the lost boys in Neverland. Mm -hmm. um, and I always I, I, you know, they get their pixie dust and then they have a happy thought or something that has that fills them with joy. And that's what allows them to fly, I think, is the story. Um, so I, cause every, every time I, at the end of my notes, which I didn't even look at this whole time, I just have, <laughs> I have suggestion question mark, Neverland question mark. So we, we've mentioned home a bunch wow. of time, but the, the yeah. reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, your other song is Neverland. And so, um, but 
do you have something that hits you like your your gut answer to that thing that if you were in Neverland, you're you're one of the lost boys and you need that happy thought, what would it be? I believe. I mean, hmm. I think all magic is rooted in I believe. Okay. And so like, and that's the yeah, that's what's always kind of given me my magic my magic fairy dust in life right. was from a very young age, I decided I'm going to believe, you know, right. and, um, and it was a choice, you know, people said, Oh, Santa Claus isn't real. And I said, yeah, I know, but I, I choose I actually mm -hmm. choose because I like to believe not from right. a place of ignorance, but from a place of my choice. And right. that brought a lot of true and real magic into my life. So. I, I really love that because it makes you just think it's like, because you do. I mean, think about how fun this idea of Santa Claus was and how how that made you feel all the time. Yeah. And then we just decided that it was like, well, it's not true. So I don't get that feeling anymore. It's like, what a waste. <laughs> like, like just, I mean, even, even at the times where I feel the most um, like disconnected from any of these sort of pursuits, if you want to call them pursuits, but mm -hmm. um I will think I'll be like, all right, well, what was it before? What was it like before? Was that working? Was the logic purely logical working? And I'm not saying don't mm -hmm. be skeptical and think about what you're doing and make sure it has some practical use. But at the same time, a lot of times I'll be like, no, the purely mind logical plane wasn't working either. That was leading me to that, that, that I just want to go home places. So mm -hmm. why not? why not believe, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and why not both, you know, it's right. like we can always be, mm -hmm. it's like they don't have to contradict one another. Right. Truth is always right. a paradox and just right. learn to hold all of it. And right. it's one doesn't need, we're always comparative, right? We're always comparing right. things. Oh, do I mm -hmm. need logic or magic? And mm -hmm. well, you need both. Right, right. Life is going to be real drudgery if yeah. you've got no magic. And also life's going to be really challenging if you have no logic and nothing that's rooting. Um, mm -hmm. But I invite people to find why magic is logical. I think mm. I don't believe okay. that, they're, that they're separate things. I think mm. there's a lot of logic. And we talked about some of the logic of why it's logical to maybe mm -hmm. live your life in in magic rather than not, if there's a choice. Right. Well, I appreciate you bringing the non-dualistic viewpoint and, and back in at the end, since the podcast is called Everyone is Everything. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very easy to slip into the multiple choice of it. You know, like it's this, 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 or this. You don't get, to, but I guess it's all the above. Yeah. That, that answer is always, I wish I could just go back to all the tests I've ever taken and fill in all <laughs> of the above for every answer and be like, nope, I'm right. Um, but, uh, anyway, thank you for doing yeah. this. Um, I think you should Thanks do, yeah, you should do lots of podcasts. You should keep telling stories and just listen to that, that pulled you to this one, because, mm. uh, I think a lot of people will benefit. Mm. So thank you for this invitation and thank you for making this such a fun and easy Good. conversation and joy and pleasure to cool. share and explore. Great. Well, Thank you're you. welcome. And uh, I'll talk to you later.